Yo, what is the upskis, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We're on episode 28, and oh my goodness. Well, hopefully you guys had a merry, merry Christmas. I don't, I don't even remember the last time. I don't remember anything. The last week's been a blur. I blacked out. I don't know what happened, but... Uh, Christmas happened, hope everybody had a great Christmas, had some good eats, had some good gifts, all that great stuff, sadly, uh, I moved the hockey cast back a day because, uh, it was obviously a light, a kind of a light news week, there wasn't a lot of hockey going on, they had the Christmas break, so I don't have, I didn't have a whole lot of stories, but then, uh, I put together a little show here that I think is going to be a little bit of fun, so, obviously, we're going to talk about Ovechkin and the thing that he did this week, couple injury news, we're going to talk about the Leafs and the games that they played this week, going to skip the Flames this week because I just realized that I didn't write down anything for the Flames, so I am terrible, but sorry about that. And then the the big topic of this week, we're going to go back and look at the biggest stories of 2022, going to go back, reflect on those big stories, and uh, yeah, it should be a good time, good way to cap off the end of the year, the year that was 2022, go back, look at all the big stories. Some of them, a lot of them seem like they kind of fell like later on in the year a lot of them were like oh these are kind of recent ones not a lot of the stories popped out of me it's like oh yeah that happened but uh anyway we'll go through them uh there was a video from the hockey guy the best hockey uh youtube channel on youtube by by far uh, the hockey guy he covers all the all the teams watches a lot he's just fantastic so if you don't know if the hockey guy and you love hockey and uh, go over there on YouTube, look up the hockey guy, and uh, you should probably you'll probably fall in love right away. He does daily uploads. He's fantastic, and uh, yeah, I'm going to use yet another one of his videos as a topic piece for my for my podcast. So thank you as always, the hockey guy. Go over and check out his YouTube channel. It's phenomenal. I watch him every single day. He's where I get I would say 90% of my hockey information. He's uh, he's fantastic, and uh, yeah. So let's get into it. Let's just start off with. Ovechkin because he finally did the thing I've been waiting for what two episodes now to finally talk about Ovechkin breaking Gordie Howe's record he finally passes him he scored two goals I think he might have even gotten a hat trick in that game but regardless he passes Gordie Howe and Alexander Ovechkin is officially the sole owner of second overall of the most goals scored in the NHL at 802 goals don't think he scored anymore since the 802 but holy crap man like like I said the last time when he hit 800 goals only the third player in NHL history to ever hit 800 goals an insane amount of goals scored I mean honestly Gordie Howe would have had more if he just he played in the in a different league for a few years there and then then came back in the NHL he would have had more don't think he would have had more than what Gretzky has right now but regardless um but yeah everyone's uh, still pretty uh, convinced that Ovechkin is going to crush the Gretzky record. I'm I'm right there with him. I think he's gonna. Yeah, I think he's, it's it's a foregone conclusion that Ovechkin will not rest. He will not retire. He won't stop until he breaks that record. So again, but finally he passes Gordy Howe. He's number two. That's awesome. And uh, some people were talking about uh, like do you, do we think that any other players that are playing right now are are in contention to maybe hitting 800 goals? They brought up. Connor McDavid, like, could Connor McDavid potentially be an 800 goal scorer? I mean, the way that he's scoring right now, if he wants to keep that up for the rest of his career, I mean, shit, why not? Like, don't think that he's going to be a guy that retires very early. I could see Connor McDavid playing well into his late 30s, 
generally how the the most elite players they tend to play a, a bit longer you know look at Sidney Crosby he's still going quite strong Ovechkin's still going quite strong and uh, yeah I could see uh, McDavid going quite strong into his late 30s but hitting 800 goals I don't know about that one um most I don't know. I think it's uh, something to deal with. Do with the fact that he's on Edmonton and that team is just like, oh man! I just want more than anything. Like I just hope that Connor McDavid doesn't go the way of the Joe Thornton, where he's like one of the best players, and uh, he just goes down as one of the best players to never win a cup. And I think that would be just a disgrace to the NHL as a whole if they would go like McDavid going his whole career without a cup. I think that would be insane. Like. People still believe it's only a matter of time before Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Oilers get a cup. But um, I don't know, man. Their team around them's uh, so shaky. It's so inconsistent, and so many pieces on that team. You're just like, oh, like Pugliarvi and Yamamoto. It's like, come on, man. Like the 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 depth scoring in Edmonton is so crazily bad right now. Um, but no, I don't. I honestly, going back to the question, no, I don't think. Um, McDavid would hit 800 goals and of course the other big guy over there not Leon Dreisel but the other big well Leon Dreisel no I don't think he'll hit 800 goals either and then of course Austin Matthews he's arguably the best goal scorer in the game right now and uh, I'm a huge fan of Austin Matthews personally no I don't think he's going to hit 800 goals we've already seen injury problems uh, he's not off to a, a blistering pace that he is that, 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 he, that he was last year that he is this year doesn't mean, no, I don't think Austin Matthews is never going to score. Like, oh, oh it looks like Austin Matthews is going to be like a 30-goal guy from now on. No, obviously not. I think Matthews is going to have a really strong back half. I think it was um, Kevin Weeks, I think, on one of the panels. He still thinks that he's easily going to hit 60 goals. I think you're smoking a little bit of crack right there on that one. I don't think, I don't think Matthews is going to hit 60 goals. That would be, I mean... I think that might be just a career year for Matthews, like that, the 60 goals, same thing like it was a career year for Ovechkin, that was a career year for Stamkos, when they hit their 60 goals, they never got back to those numbers ever again, chances are Matthews never hit 60 again, if he does, that's fantastic, blow it right up my hoop, I would gladly take more 60 goal seasons from Austin Matthews, but... All in all, just the the way that his career started with the injuries, he seems to have. Uh, he definitely he definitely isn't going to be the Iron Man that Ovechkin is. Ovechkin is a different human being, man. He throws. He has like over three thousand hits in his career, barely misses a game. Like Ovechkin is a different animal, man. Like there's, I don't know if we'll ever see a player quite like Alexander Ovechkin ever again. He might be a one of one. He's just absolutely insane. Like that, especially that kind of player, someone that 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 hits that much that Ovechkin does like he still throws hits like a psychopath out there and uh yeah it just seems to be that that kind of player is definitely a dying breed um yeah definitely going more of the way of skill and uh yeah man that's why Ovechkin's gonna go down as one of my favorite players of all time he's just such a such a blast to watch and then like and not only like he's tough as hell like him knocking out Svechnikov what was it two years ago just unbelievable like Ovi's got it all man Ovi's got it all but with Austin Matthews, no, personally, I don't think he's going to hit 800 goals. Like like I said, man, like that is a mighty task. 800 goals, only been done by three people. So I don't think it's really disres- disrespect to Austin Matthews. I can see Matthews hitting 650, maybe 700 goals. It all comes down to healthiness, man. Like it's really hard to 
predict something like that to to predict how a 10 plus year career is going to go for a player because so many variables so many things can go wrong in that lockouts can happen like oh geez it's just too much but when you reflect back on the Ovechkin career like he had those few years there where he was down in the 30 goals and people were like, oh shit, here it is, he's slowing down, it's all over for him, and and nope, he pops right back with like 50 goal seasons and everything's okay, uh, and he's on a fantastic pace this year, looking like he's going to be in the, could hit 50 again this year for, god, who just, why not, like I'd totally believe it, I would not be surprised if Ovechkin hit 50 this year, wouldn't be all that surprised if he hit 50 next year, because... I don't know, the team seems to really be getting behind Ovechkin. They want to break that record for him. They want to be part of history too, right? Because, like, how awesome would that be to be the guy that that got the primary assist on Ovechkin's Gretzky-breaking record goal? Like, oh, that would be amazing. Like, that's something you can go and tell your grandchildren, and they'll tell their grandchildren who will tell their grandchildren. That's how intense that would be to be the guy that passed the puck, like... Well, maybe not, because, like, who passed the... Well, actually, I do know who passed the puck to Sidney Crosby on the golden goal, because it was Jerome Ginla, baby, my baby, my fucking boy, Jerome Ginla, but... Yes, anyway, we'll move on from Ovechkin. Congratulations. Now, uh, how much longer do you think we have to wait for Ovechkin to break a record? Uh, I think we still got quite a ways to go, right? We got about 92 goals to go. I'd say you got about at least like it's got to be like three seasons right so not this year not next year maybe not even the year after that but the year after that looking like that would be the year so we yeah we still got quite a ways to go uh for the great chase but uh we're getting there baby and we will get there one day and hopefully this podcast will still be around to report on that when it happens so let's talk about a little bit of injury news and then we'll uh we'll get into some of the beefier stuff of of the show so uh, Krug, uh, Tory Krug is going to be out six weeks. He's got a lower body injury for St. Louis. Uh, that's a that's a big blow for St. Louis. Tory Krug is a very, uh, I mean, he's not the most defensively sound. He's not a very big defenseman, but he is a puck moving defenseman, offensive defenseman. It's a it's a piece you don't really want to lose for that amount of time, obviously. So yeah, that's going to hurt St. Louis. Uh, they're still fighting it quite a bit. Doesn't look like they're going to be a playoff team. They're just way too inconsistent. You look at their record, man. Like they go seven and zero, and then zero and six, and then six and zero. It's it's just so up and down. It's the most up and down uh, season of a team this this year. I would have to say they've just been all over the map. It must be infuriating to be a St. Louis Blues fan right now because uh, one day you're happy, and then the next day you're like, oh crap, do we have to blow this team up? Like everything's going to hell. But, uh, yeah, Tory Group going to be out for six weeks. That hurts. We got uh, one signing that I noted. Uh, Artem Zub signs a four-year, six, uh, $4.6 million per season deal with the Ottawa Senators. Honestly, don't know a whole lot about Artem Zub. The uh, fans seem to be pretty, uh, pretty good with him. He seems to be a... I think he's a defenseman. Sounds like a defenseman name. Seems to be a pretty solid defensive defenseman. Uh, should age okay. I mean, the term isn't too overly insane. Only four years. I like that term. The the amount of money. Eh, I mean, it's kind of um comparable to that uh, Samuelson guy that signed that really big ticket in Buffalo. But you look at the importance of that Samuelson guy. Ever since like he got that deal, he got an injury, and then Buffalo just went on an absolute shit fest. So I'm um, not saying that Artem Zub is maybe as important, but uh, maybe a similar player for the Ottawa Senators there. So there is a signing. Now, let's talk about the New Jersey Devils, because I feel like the talk 
on New Jersey has really kind of simmered off over the last little while, and I was wondering why. So I looked into it, and I found out why quite quickly. Uh, the Devils have had a atrocious December. Like, whoa, man, like, what the hell happened in December for the New Jersey Devils? I mean... Uh, they went on a six-game losing streak, and they have lost eight of their last 11. Make that nine of their last 12, because I do believe they lost to the Boston Bruins the other night. So, I mean, losing to the Bruins, that's not horrible, but damn, man, the, the wheels are really starting to fall off the bus here a little bit with the New Jersey Devils. Thankfully, they got that insane winning streak at the beginning of the season, so... Um, regardless, uh, having a six-game losing streak is never good, but... The fact that they banked so many points early on in the season, it's not doing as much damage as it could have done, but regardless, this is not good for the New Jersey Devils right here. So, Devils fans out there, since you were so vocal about your team earlier on in the season, what the hell's been going on with them over the last month here? Because December has not been uh, good to the New Jersey Devils. And, and a trend that I've been noticing in the NHL is that uh, maybe some of the teams that were expected to be amazing right out of the gate, you know, Leafs, Tampa Bay, Colorado, so on and so forth, maybe didn't have the strongest um, Octobers, and now they're really starting to find their stride in December, November, like the Leafs, I mean, Leafs um, historically recently have been finding their strides in, in um, November, having record-breaking Novembers over the last couple seasons, and continuing that into December, really finding their stride, and it seems that New Jersey is kind of going the opposite, they started out really, really, well, I mean, the first couple games weren't that good, the whole Fire Lindy thing, we remember that. But then they went on their huge win streak. And then everything was freaking gold. All oh, we're setting up the parade routes. We're, 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 we're getting the, the brat pack is going crazy. Everyone's going insane, having a great time. And, and now it seems that, um, I don't know, maybe teams are starting to take them a lot more seriously. Teams are starting to figure out what the, what the New Jersey Devils are doing. And they're starting to come up with a better game plan how to shut these guys down. So... Obviously, going um, over their over their um, their dominating streak, there a lot of teams were really just blown away by their insane amount of speed. the The fact that the the team was rolling four lines quite nicely right there seemed they were getting offense pretty consistently through all four lines. You were getting good enough goaltending. Now you weren't having world breaking goaltending out of New Jersey. Vanacek was playing good enough. Uh, other, I don't, I don't, I have no, all I know is Vanacek. I know they got Blackwood and stuff, but, uh, I, I haven't really been hearing much, but regardless, the New Jersey Devils goaltending has been at least in and around league average, which is basically all they've been asking for for the last few years. And now that they finally got it, their team has exploded, but yes. So, um, looking at their record, it, it is a bit concerning. Now it's not like dire straits level now, like hit the panic button. Something dire needs to happen. We need to trade Jake, Jack Hughes. We need to trade he It's It's all falling apart. I don't think, I don't think it's at that level yet, but yeah, it's definitely concerning to, to see a December such as that. Now, I don't know if it's uh, maybe a team mentality thing where they thought, uh, you know, we got the Christmas break coming up. We got all these banked points. Maybe we turn off the gas a little bit. And then maybe it's a little harder for them to get back into it, get back into that gear after the after the break. But um, yeah, if this if this continues into January, then then now we got some real 
real uh, cause for concern if if a record if they continue to keep losing like two games for every out of every three. Oh yeah, that I don't know if they would be able. I don't even know if that that nice cushion that they built if they go on something like that. I don't know if they'd make the playoffs with something like that. There's still teams in the East that are biting at the heels. You still got the Islanders are fighting. Got Detroit still kicking around out there. They're not going away. And uh, yeah, man, you don't want to fuck around with the East right now. The East is really strong. Pittsburgh, Washington is coming back, and they're only going to be getting better with all their guys coming back. So Washington's really starting to look like a back half team that could be really, really deadly, really a problem. Uh, They seem very, very motivated, obviously, with Ovechkin and all that. And why not go for one more cup for Ovechkin and, and really make that argument for who was the better player overall, Ovechkin or Crosby? I just... I have such a hard time with that argument just because they're such different players. It's really hard to compare them, in my opinion. Uh, Regardless, uh, New Jersey Devils fans out there, if you're listening, tell me what's up. What's been going on? Is is it special teams? Is the goaltending been poo-poo? Has it not been going well? Is it an injury problem? Is it the fact that maybe the the four-line thing is starting to fall off? You're not getting that depth scoring that you were at the beginning of the season. Jesper Bratt, maybe he's not scoring fucking every single game anymore, but... Regardless, it it is it, it's definitely noticeable. I've definitely taken notice of that, uh, and, and it's especially noticeable that how quiet the New Jersey Devils fans are. And honestly, I haven't heard any of my podcasts uh, kind of bring up the New Jersey Devils. Obviously, the hockey guy brought it up because he's fucking awesome and he'll he'll he catches everything, but. Yeah, New Jersey Devils, uh, keep an eye on them. They uh, they could be getting themselves into hot water. Maybe the season won't be going as smoothly as Devils fans thought it was going to be going during that long winning streak. But um, yeah, I'm going to keep my eyes on the New Jersey Devils going into January, see how, they say, see how they do. Speaking of see how they do, let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we got a little bit of news. Uh, Rasmus Sandin was put on the injured reserve. He was skating on the ice on Tuesday with Morgan Riley. We'll talk about him in just a moment. Uh, but yeah, losing Sandin, obviously not great. He really stepped his game up in the absence of Morgan Riley. Uh, earlier on in the season, looked like an absolute just fucking nightmare. He was playing so bad. And then he uh, he finally stepped up his game. Looked really good. Now he's hurt. Morgan Riley's going to be coming back uh, tonight, apparently, against the Coyotes. It looks like Morgan Riley will finally return. And we'll get those some of those questions answered that uh, some of the fans have been a little bit, I don't know, just curious about. Now, I don't like the idea that people have been floating around uh, the idea of trading away Morgan Riley just because the team had had done so well without Morgan Riley in the lineup. Now, I think that's just absolutely ridiculous. Um... Just because Morgan Riley isn't in the lineup and the team played good doesn't mean that Morgan Riley is the problem. I mean, Morgan Riley in your lineup is without question going to make the team better. Um, it's just I think it just really um, would take the heat off of Morgan Riley maybe a little bit that like he 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 has more d- depth on on defense that he can rely on. Um, I don't know. Like honestly, Morgan Riley hasn't been having the greatest season now point wise yeah he's getting his points he's getting his cookies that's all great but that's not really what I'm I'm I want out of Morgan Riley I really want that defensive game but Morgan Riley such a he's a tough one to judge man because like Morgan Riley at his best is Morgan Riley with a defensive partner that can really back him up really allow Morgan Riley to go gallop I think Morgan Riley is a little bit more geared to an offensive defenseman. He he likes to get up involved in the play. He's excellent at passing. He's great skater. 
And uh, sometimes it's just his, de- his defense is like I can't say that Morgan L- Riley is an elite defenseman. He just he just isn't. And like I I wish he was. I absolutely wish he was. And uh, it doesn't make me dislike Morgan Riley. I just his his defensive game isn't the strongest part of his game. And uh, especially this year, it looked like he's been struggling with that a little bit more so than some of the other guys. So. I don't know. I would like Morgan Riley to take another step forward at maybe committing a little bit more to that defensive side of the game that it seems like everybody else is doing. Now, I I, I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, Morgan Riley will be returning. Sandine out. There is a lot of question marks right now with the de- with the with the defensive pairings, and honestly, I think we're in a little bit of a good situation right now because I think we just have too many useful defensemen. I mean, Connor Timmins has been excellent since he got into the lineup. He was putting in a lot of putting up a lot of assists. I mean, it looks like he was getting some pe- power play time out there. Looked good, man. Like honestly, I can't say he's he's looked bad out there. Got Giordano obviously doing his thing. Justin Hall has just emerged out of nowhere. He's finally being like decent Justin Hall again, which is awesome. So beginning of the year, everybody wanted him to be buried alive and just sent to the sun, whatever. But uh, it's really hard to picture him not in the lineup right now because he's been really good. Lilligren, I mean, oh, Lilligren has been just, oh, yeah. And TJ Brody, I mean, TJ Brody's TJ Brody. Um got his first penalty shot uh we'll talk about how that went a little bit later on but um yeah i don't know what i'm gonna i'm very curious to look at and see uh what the what the defensive pairings are going to be tonight against arizona i think maybe they'll they'll, they might fuck around a little bit tonight because it is arizona now i do understand that arizona is not a pushover and they make a lot of teams pay for uh thinking that they are a pushover they're they're definitely not a pushover and they still are the arizona coyotes but um you can't walk in there just expecting to automatically get a win you still got to work your ass off out there against the coyotes but regardless um very interested to see what the defensive pairings are going to be like uh i still like the pairing of morgan riley tj brody I loved Sandine and Lilligren together, but Gio and Lilligren's good. Gio and Justin Hall, I mean, that's good. Uh, Jordy Ben is still out there. I mean, Jordy Ben uh, maybe has fallen down a little bit in the depth charts, I, I guess, but Jordy Ben's still a useful defenseman out there. So, I don't know. This is becoming kind of a, a problem that I guess you're you're fine with having is like too many useful players so um interested to see what they're going to do i just as long as they don't lose don't lose anybody on goddamn waivers and um yeah please don't do that for the love of god and um okay so we got to talk about this guy right here so william nylander um quietly just ripping doodles all day all night now what is a rip a doodle that is scoring some nice ass goals so william nylander has been ripping a doodle scoring goals he's already hit over 20 goals before the christmas break i do believe they're very impressive season from from william nylander and currently uh the last game that i watched i watched they mentioned that william nylander as of that game was on a 48 goal pace and um (laughs) yeah that is pretty goddamn awesome i must say that is pretty damn awesome So we'll spend a little bit of time talking about Mr. William Nylander. So my question to you is, do you think that William Nylander could hit 50 goals? Now, I mean, that's a lot of goals, man. That's a lot. Willie has never been, I don't even, I don't think he's even hit 40 goals before. But the thing with Willie always has been is like his, 
I don't know, it's competitive level game to game, maybe even shift to shift depending on which game we're on, but regardless, the thing about Willie is, is that when he goes, man, he is one of the most dominating players on the ice, he can really take over games if he wants to, it's just that he doesn't have that switch necessarily, that he can just turn it on and off whenever he wants to, I guess, but um, man, when William Nylander is going, he is one of the most impressive Leafs on the ice. Uh, at times, he is the most impressive Leaf on the ice. He's he's a fantastic player. Uh, I'm a big fan of Morgan or uh, <laughs> Morgan Riley. Yes, uh, William Nylander. Yes, and uh, I just think he's having a very very quietly unreal season, man. Like, goddamn Morgan. I can't stop saying Morgan Riley. I just I I'm I am very excited that Morgan Riley is returning. Yes, obviously, but um I'm very very excited as well that freaking William Nylander is leading the team in goals, which is just fantastic. I mean, let's just take a look. So William Nylander, the most goals that he scored was last season with 34 in 81 games and 35 games this season. He's already got 21, so he is he is on a fantastic pace. He's already got. Uh, he's halfway to the amount of points anyway. Well, regardless, last year was his best season, 80 points in 81 games. Looks like he's going to be in and around there now. I don't, I don't know, man. Like he looks like he's going to be having a career year. I could see him hitting, I could see him hitting 40 goals. Like I think 50 is a little outrageous. I believe it was Steve Dangle podcast. Jesse, I know Jesse loves William Nylander. That's, that's well known. And, uh, I believe he and Steve both believe that he could hit 50 goals. I think that's a little that's a little much honestly. I think uh I think Poppy Austin Matthews is going to end up taking over that lead and at some point I think Willie is more than likely going to slow down a little bit. He he tends to I don't know, he he's fine with reserving the tanks a little bit and that's fine with me because he he likes to turn the jets on in the playoffs and that's that's I fucking love that. So um yeah, man, William Nylander is having an excellent season so far. I, I'm really enjoying it. Obviously, the contract that he signed, even when he signed it, I thought it was I was fine with that deal. I, I had no problems with it. Maybe it was a little expensive for the time. Made us a little bit worried about um, how much we're gonna have to how much we're gonna have left for Matthews and Marner. But man, that is looking like one of the better contracts in the league right now. William is crushing it, and. Um, Sadly, the question is starting to come up now is like, what are the Toronto Maple Leafs going to do with William Nylander? There's not much time left on that contract. He's going to want, a, 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 I would imagine he's going to want an increase in pay. I can't really see William Nylander being the kind of guy to uh, take the team discount and stay here in Toronto to try and win a cup. I just I I say that just because of the way that his dad uh, played throughout his NHL career. I believe his name was Michael Nylander. He was a, he was a very good NHL player, and uh, he moved around a lot. He uh, he liked to make his money. He made a lot of money, and uh, didn't do a whole lot of Stanley Cup winning. But um, yeah, money was definitely a focus for for Nylander, but I'm not saying that's that's what Willie's game is. I have no idea. I would love for him to stay in Toronto. It just doesn't look like that's that's probably going to be the case for Toronto when that day comes, his contract comes up. So what do you guys think we should do with that now? Uh, there's been so many times that um, Sheldon Keefe has held on to a guy that had one year left. Now we think about Jake Gardner, you think about JVR, guys like that that had one year left on their deal, Leafs were a good team, obviously looking to make uh, some impact in the NHL playoffs. And uh, the question would always come up. It's like, okay, obviously... 
Not going to be able to keep this guy. Not going to be able to resign him. Should we send this guy off at the trade deadline for some assets? Try and recoup some assets. And you got to try. You really got. It's it's a really really hard decision, man. Because like, so let's just say for example, Williams got he's he's on his last year, and we're, we're in this season. So if William had one more year left on his on on his deal, and he's doing what he is, and just say for a fact, you know that you're not going to be able to resign him. Are you going to try and sell off William Nylander for something now or you're just going to hang on to him use him for what he is in the in a run for a playoffs you know he's going to be very useful for you in the playoffs would you sacrifice changing the chemistry of the team getting rid of William Nylander hoping to recoup an asset uh more I have no idea what you would get for William Nylander man right now obviously he would be, he's worth a lot in the NHL great contract po- over point of game scoring uh, at a 40 goal 50 goal pace I mean yeah William Nylander's um, value may not be any higher than it is right now and yeah you'd be able to get a pretty tasty package back for for William Nylander the question is like would that trade make your team any better right now uh, I have no idea man I have no idea it's it's hard to especially in the NHL right now with all the salary cap problems and all that baloney really hard to uh, picture a trade for William Nylander that would make the Toronto Maple Leafs a better team right now it's probably out there it's definitely out there but would would Dubas do that deal would the other team bother doing that deal there's so many variables to a trade right but that's my question man like would you deal William Nylander uh, before a playoff run and, and hope for the best and try and recoup some of those assets? Or are you going to go with kind of the way that the Leafs have been going with it and, and just utilizing them and uh, just letting them walk sometimes? And sometimes that's the right answer. Sometimes it isn't. Uh, I used to do it all the time in the in the GM modes and the video games. I would have no problem selling off a guy and bringing in a younger guy who would and so on. But it, it's not a video game, right? The NHL is not a video game. It doesn't necessarily work out that way. And sometimes, yeah, you're going to lose assets for nothing. And uh, basically what you're getting out of it is that asset staying on your team for the majority, for their for their contract length. And if William Nylander just, just ends, ends up walking off into the free agency, I mean, we got a lot of worth out of him. It was a fantastic draft pick. We... We definitely struck gold on the William Nylander draft pick, and uh, he's provided a lot of lot of great games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But um, yeah, I don't know. My buddy Kyle brought that up, and it just made me sad thinking about William Nylander not being a Toronto Maple Leaf. But um, right now, man, he's killing it. I think he's going to have this is going to be his career year. He seems to just keep getting a little bit better every single year. And uh, yeah, fucking William, William, goddamn Nylander, everybody. So. Let's talk about some of the games that took place over the last week. Uh, it seems like these were so long ago, but uh, they did have the the generation game, the the afternoon game, the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, it was an interesting game, that's for sure. Toronto Maple Leafs ended up winning this game 4-3. to three. Uh, I took note that there was a guy in the crowd wearing a signed Leafs jersey. I just got to say, bro, that takes some real nut. If I had a signed Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, now I don't know who it was signed by. Let's just say it was a Matt Sundin jersey signed by Matt Sundin. No way am I putting that thing on ever again. That thing is getting put in glass. It's getting sealed, and uh, that is getting put on my wall never to be touched again. But buddy out there wearing a signed jersey, I mean, I would never do it, but good on you. The game did start out really slow. The first period was slow as hell, but it it got quite good. Joel Farabee, man, he missed an open net. 
it was so open and it was to tie the game up and dude he was so fucking devastated on that miss like i mean rightfully so i don't i don't know if i've ever seen a miss that bad and it looked like he was gonna fucking cry man it really looked like he was gonna cry on the bench looked like internally he was having a full-on meltdown have a full-on crisis on the bench and literally man not a single teammate not a single teammate not a single coach went over there and just tapped him on the shoulder and said hey man it's all right like fucking shit happens not a single person so i actually felt really bad for Faraby, man it looked like he was just internally trying to deal with that you know probably battling with the thoughts like why am i in the nhl and all that stuff you know not not something you really want to see a guy going through but holy crap what a miss and um i'm honestly very very happy that he missed i recall that i just saw samsonov way out of his net a wide open cage a flyer all alone and i was like oh god they're gonna tie it right here and i'm gonna and he missed and i was like holy shit that was a miracle right there that was honestly a fucking miracle um um uh not uh, yeah it, it, honestly on that though on that play he did he does miss an open net but matthews does he does come back with a fantastic back check he does get a stick on it but um still wide open net miss it's, it's not good <laughs> not good uh it was another really fun wild uh wild afternoon game honestly it was a little bit too close for comfort i do recall asking the Toronto Maple Leafs to just eviscerate the Philadelphia Flyers in that game, you know, just beat them 8-0, just uh, really send us home with uh, something to be happy about for the holidays, but that game, it left me happy with the ho- for uh, for the holidays, it was, a, it was a fun game, they won it, and uh, yeah, and then they had the other, uh, another big game, uh, they played the St. Louis Blues, the Toronto Maple Leafs win this game 5-4 to in overtime uh during this game man oh my goodness there was uh, a st louis blues line change that was so fucking horrific i was laughing so hard when kerfoot put that fucking shorthanded goal in that and it just slowly trickled in i was giggling i was i was just it was just so hilariously bad i could not believe what i just witnessed from the st louis blues that was one of the worst line changes i've ever seen what was it like a a three-on-one a four-on-one for the leafs a shorthanded unbelievable just um terrible just absolutely terrible uh straight up embarrassing from the st louis blues on that play right there um quite a couple of embarrassing situations throughout this game man i mean the referees i don't know what was going on i'll I'll chalk it up to maybe a little bit of turkey hangover christmas hangover but they were missing calls left right and center man they missed a high sticking call on the blues Sheldon Keefe had a fucking meltdown. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Sheldon Keefe was having a fucking meltdown on the, on the bench, man. I was I was dying. It was so freaking funny watching Sheldon Keefe have his meltdown. And uh, that missed call was horrific, though. I, I believe it was on Zach Aston Reese. High stick caught him directly in the face. Blood everywhere. So much blood. Should have been a double minor, and we got absolutely nothing for it. Keefe, absolutely 11 out of 10 pissed off. It was so freaking funny um tj brody uh in the in i believe that was an over yeah in overtime he got a fucking penalty shot uh before the shot even took place i mean tj brody was giggling uh, kind of the commentators were giggling i mean i don't think anybody really expected tj brody to bury that on 
on that penalty shot. He's not really a goal scorer. He uh, doesn't really put the puck in the net all that often. But um, yeah, he doesn't He doesn't in this one either. So he doesn't get the goal, but uh, it's okay. William Nylander pulls out the Matt Sundin. You got forehand, backhand, top shelf for the OT winner. Like, let's fucking go. William Nylander, like, oh, oh, man. I've just been gushing about him all all freaking show. But man, that, that forehand, backhand... Uh, the the straight up Sundin man like that was Sundin's bread and butter forehand backhand top shelf oh my god it's my it's probably my favorite move that just it makes me cream every time I see it there's nothing more satisfying than fucking backhand shelf like let's go and then the shenanigans uh, you know after the game Sheldon Keith getting fined twenty five thousand dollars for yelling at the referees really hurting their feelings and all that stuff but I mean someone's got to yell at the freaking refs man like the the NHL doesn't do anything about it they don't discipline the referees and like yes I know mistakes happen but in that game there were some seriously blatant mistakes and I think I think Sheldon Keith was was justified in being pissed off. $25,000 is chump change to Sheldon Keefe. Doesn't doesn't mean a goddamn thing. The team will probably pay for it for him because they're like, yeah, Keefe, good for you. You show your passion on the bench out there. That's why Sheldon Keefe is honestly, he might be my favorite Toronto Maple Leafs coach of all time, like right up there with Pat Quinn. Um, like I said, oh, now no disrespect to Pat Burns and all that stuff. That was well before my time. I just did not get to experience that. But Pat Quinn, I mean, oh, I fucking love Pat Quinn so damn much man I love Pat Quinn but uh Sheldon Keefe man oh my goodness I I love Sheldon Keefe man I think he is awesome really fell in love with this guy when I watched the the Amazon series and he was saying exactly what I wanted what I wanted to hear man like Sheldon Keefe knows I think Sheldon Keefe knows exactly what needs to be done and uh, I think he is getting he's getting through to these guys and you, we're really seeing results on the ice but um yeah good uh, thank you for the show there Sheldon Keefe that was very entertaining I love when he gets pissed off and he gets pissed off a lot man he is a pretty irate coach out there he was very upset with the non-call and the interference call earlier and that's really funny because uh the NHL the referees seem to love giving Toronto Maple Leafs interference calls when they do these picks you know kind of basketball style pick pick and roll plays and yeah in the NHL you can't do that I think it's silly I think uh, what the hell does it matter but Anyway, good good job, Sheldon Keefe. You had a really uh, entertaining week out there. So, okay, let's get into the big topic for this show. I just got to figure out how to find the picture. All right, so let's talk about the uh, 15 big stories that took place during the 2022 season. And uh, I, I, there's really no way to, uh, to really ease into this. Let's just fucking get into it. There's a lot to cover here, so... Um, yeah, let's uh, let's start with uh, number fifteen, I guess. So uh, the NHL adding in jersey ads and the board ads. So me personally, um, yeah, I was a little bit upset with it at the beginning. Obviously, uh, I had my moment when I saw the milk getting added to the Toronto Maple Leafs jerseys, the milk mommy jokes, all that stuff. Fantastic. Honestly, it hasn't bothered me a bit. I know a lot of people are really upset about the 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 digital ads during the games i can't say personally I've, I've, it's ever bothered me uh, necessarily i don't i just don't look at them and uh, uh trust me man i hate ads so much i can literally go off on ads for about two and a half hours ask my wife i, I will generally go on an advertisement rant at least once per week especially when i'm watching wrestling because there is so many ads in wrestling, especially, well, WWE especially, I, I, just WWE, WWE, it's about 
68% of their product is advertisements and, and the rest of it is whatever their product is. It's, uh, it's disgusting, quite honestly. It's shameless and uh, WWE is 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 quite horrible with it and and they're not the only people there's certain podcasts i mean i'll just throw it out right now uh, something to wrestle with pro- podcast has has like quadrupled the amount of ads since i first started watching it there's a few people on youtube uh, a couple basketball youtube channels that i really liked that would make 10 minute videos and now all of a sudden uh that 10 minute video is filled with six and a half minutes of of raid shadow legend ads manscaping ads i'm fucking sick of it i fucking hate ads i'm so tired of it like i grew up on youtube where early days in youtube where there was no such thing as ads and i have slowly watched youtube just get absolutely absorbed by ads it's it's a disgrace Okay, I will try not to go on much of a rant here, but yeah, ads piss me the fuck off. So I'm just saying that, uh, and I just find that the digital ads honestly have not bothered me up until this point, but uh, ads piss me off. But it adds in a lot of extra revenue for the NHL, and I think it's a fairly minor thing, and if it really, if it, if it gives us extra millions in the salary cap, I'll fucking deal with it, man, because we need the salary cap to go the hell up. It's, it's insane. Um, number 14, you still got the, the era of the seven and eight year contracts, still having guys signing these seven, eight year deals. And almost all of them look bad, man. Still, I mean, you're looking at Darnell nurse signing that eight year deal does not look good right out of the gate. You got the two guys in St. Louis that signed their eight year deals and Thomas and Cairo, they haven't even started their deals deals yet. And some people are questioning those deals. There's there's tons of eight-year deals that get signed and instantly get questioned all the freaking time. I mean, Morgan Riley, he has his eight-year deal. He it hasn't even started yet. It doesn't kick in until next year. And arguably, that's questionable because it's an eight-year deal. Eight-year deals just, uh, I don't like them either, man. I've never been a fan of the eight-year deal. The only time an eight-year deal makes sense is if you got a fucking guy like Austin Matthews, 24 years old, Lock him up for as long as you can. Okay, makes a lot of sense. But Austin Matthews even thinks, I don't think that makes sense for him. He signed what? Was it a four or five year deal? I think that's the way that contract should be the way of the NBA. NBA, they only do like three or four year deals. I prefer that. Now, I understand the security and all that stuff that people like players and fans enjoy. Like, I, I think people enjoy fans enjoy the facts like, oh, good. We're going to have this guy for eight years. Like, I, I rest easy at night knowing that I'm going to have Morgan Riley on the team for eight years. Now, is that a guarantee he's going to be here for all eight years? No. But that security is there that he signed here as a Toronto Maple Leaf for eight years. There's potential that he will be here for all of them. And that, that helps me sleep at night. And things like Austin Matthews not being signed for very much longer kind of makes me lose some sleep at night. So, yeah, it's a double-edged sword for, with that one for sure. But, um, I mean, yeah, a lot of these deals, uh, they they really don't age very well. There's a very rare uh, short list of them that have panned out very well. I mean, we go back to a few, uh, I don't know, like a decade or so ago when we were getting those really outrageous deals in a Shea Weber contract, 14 year deal. You got the Parise and Suter deals. I believe those were 14 or 15 years each. Alexander Ovechkin, I believe signed a 15 year deal and that one actually worked out. Sidney Crosby as well. I believe he signed a 12 year deal. That one worked out brilliantly for the pens, but 
Those are franchise players. Now, franchise player, yeah, I can I I would throw an eight-year deal at that. Connor McDavid, Leon Dry Leon Dreisaitl, for example. That is a eight-year deal. When that deal was signed, everyone was like, oh God, that is going to age very poorly. And within six months of that getting signed and, and being activated, it's one of the greatest contracts ever signed. So yeah, sometimes it plays out, a lot of the time it doesn't, so I don't know. What do you guys think about the seven to eight year deals? I I wouldn't do them personally. It would be a very, very rare thing for me to do. Um, yeah, I, I prefer the four to five year deals, honestly, but that's, that's how it's going. Uh, story 13, you got the officiating. I mean, this is a story every single year. It's kind of, yeah, you know, I mean, you can watch almost any single game. Something is going to happen in it. Uh, it's human error. We know human error is a thing, but um, we know that technology has come a long way, and we look at tennis, we look at football, we look at other sports that have advanced in technology, and they're able to get the calls right, they're able to get the calls done correctly, instantly, I mean, tennis especially, man, like, they, they can tell within a second if that ball was in or out. And it's and it's good. NBA does a really cool thing where in halftime they can adjust the scores. Like, oh, okay, actually that shot right there wasn't actually a three. We're gonna change that to a two, and they'll adjust the scores accordingly during halftime, not during the game. We're not gonna have a fucking uh, offside review that takes eight and a half minutes long and all that bullshit. So, yeah, officiating. I mean, it's pretty pretty straightforward i mean officiating we've bitched about this ever since officiating existed so yeah it continues to be a story in the nhl uh this one honestly is just so beautiful probably the most beautiful uh story of the year i mean uh, borea salming's goodbye in toronto i mean i literally just got chills just just saying that out loud oh my god man just such a beautiful moment man and the fact that he passes away like so shortly after that i am so, we are we were all so fucking lucky that we were able to give him that and i'm so happy that the fans stepped up we really showed our appreciation to him the him breaking down on the ice might go down as one of the most iconic toronto maple leafs moments in, in history it was so beautiful so touching and yeah man i'm literally got goosebumps just talking about it and um fuck man i just wish i wish i was alive i was alive to watch borea salming play in his prime but um i'm happy that his legacy will live on and uh fucking rest in peace borea you you have absolute beauty uh story 11 you got coyotes in the tempe arena i mean holy crap what a story that was i mean you got this nhl team just not paying the bills basically getting kicked out of their freaking multi-million dollar arena with with a capacity of of tens of thousands of fans and they're getting kicked out and now they're playing in a college building with a maximum of like four thousand people in it it's an absolute disgrace to the nhl but hey guess what it's not that bad it's really not that bad it's actually been kind of fun it blessed us with one of the wildest brawls i have ever seen in my life in that arena i mean holy shit it's it's going better than i think a lot of people would give it credit for i think it's not as bad definitely not ideal i will i can't take that away no you don't want to have an nhl fucking team playing in a building with that can only hold that many people but regardless it wasn't like coyotes were ever selling out their building anyway maybe it's nicer for them to to play in a building that actually feels full for once now i'm just saying but regardless they're gonna be there for a while it's it's not over for quite some time they're working on getting a new arena built and all that stuff so um yeah i don't know if we're ever gonna see something like this ever happen again but um 
Very interesting indeed. The the Coyotes Tempe Arena. Fucking wild. Uh, so this one, uh, story number nine, or sorry, ten. The Mitchell Miller and the Boston Bruins fucking fiasco. Them trying to sign Mitchell Min- Miller and everybody just stopping and telling the Bruins to go fuck themselves. What are you guys thinking? Uh, very proud at the fact that even the Bruins players came out and called out their own management. Pretty much everybody in the, in, in the NHL stopped and said, nope, you are not doing that. That is not okay. And uh, yeah, they pretty much shut that shit right down. Now, the only thing that still pisses me off mightily about this is that that piece of shit M- Mitchell Miller is still getting paid by the Boston Bruins. He has made over $160,000 getting paid by the Boston Bruins for for being a bully for being an un unforgiving just piece of garbage not cool man I, I I heard that the other day and it just made my fucking stomach turn that 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 he is getting paid that amount of money doing absolutely fucking nothing while you got teachers and nurses and everybody out there just fucking making dick for doing such important work and you have this kid doing nothing making more money than these people make in years like absolutely sickening i am it just adds to the fuel that i hate the boston bruins organization i'm proud of their players to come out and say that stuff but as an organization that is one of the most just fucking piece of shit low blow just un I have no respect for the Boston Bruins organization. I will never will. And the fact that you're still paying this kid, you guys can all go to hell. Uh, Not a happy new year for you. And I hope your Christmas turkey fucking sucked. Eat shit. Number nine, Dadnoff in the no trade thing with Las, uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights. So this is probably the only story that I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that happened. So uh, if you don't remember, Dadnoff was traded to the Anaheim Ducks and then was promptly not traded to the Anaheim Ducks because he had a no trade clause that said, I don't want to go to the Anaheim Ducks. And he decided to say, no, I'm not going to the Anaheim Ducks. Returns to Las Vegas, plays pretty good for Las Vegas. And then they release him later on at the end of the year. So... That was just a really fucking weird situation that happened. Vegas was, was oh man, Vegas in, in 2022 had, had was in it. They had a really rough season last year. The Jack Eichel thing, missing the playoffs, Robert Leonard, all that shit, man. Really rough. Vegas, regard, it, I mean, it's it seems to be in the rearview mirror now. They're playing much, it seems like Vegas is back now, so... Seems like everything's okay. Dadnoff is doing absolutely nothing, and I think he's in Montreal now. So, yeah, whatever. I guess water under the bridge, but it was really funny when it happened. It's like, um, you guys know you can't trade them there, right? And they're like, wait, what? Sorry, what? We can't, what? And, um, yeah, so that happened. <sighs> story number eight. Uh, it seems like it's a story every single year, but the Leafs losing game seven to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, yes, it happened again. The Toronto Maple Leafs blow yet another series-clinching game. And I've talked about it before. Uh, I think the loss in Game 7 to the Tampa Bay Lightning was more, I would say, probably the least the least damning of all their losses. I mean, I think that was the their, their best-played series. You're going up against the two-time Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning. They got all this experience. They got... They got, they just have it, man. Like they're, they're just fucking born and bred for this. They've been here so many times and the Leafs just, they just weren't up to it yet. And I mean, like it's, uh, that series, regardless them going into that series, I knew that they were going to get a, a ton, a absolute boatload of very, very important experience. And it looks like they really, really did out of that series. Now, what I took, 
what I thought was the, the serious game-breaking thing in that series was the shot blocking. The fact that Tampa Bay blocked so many more shots than the Toronto Maple Leafs, I honestly think that was like the big fucking intangible that seriously put Tampa Bay over. And I mean, yeah, Nick Paul having the game of his life in Game 7, who'd have thunk it, but just the amount of shots that they blocked in that series, man, was unbelievable. You're starting to see that come into the Toronto Maple Leafs game a little bit more now. They're blocking a lot more shots than, like, compared at least to, like, four years ago to how they are now. It's it's night and day, man. Like, they're so much better defensively. No, they're not the best, but a lot better than they were. A lot better than they were. So, yeah, uh, Leafs losing Game 7 could very well be a, a storyline for 2023 as well. I really, really hope not. And if it is going to be a Game 7 loss, let's have it not be in the first round. So that would be that would be ideal, please, and thank you. Moving on. You got the Flames 2022 offseason. I mean, that was just fucking insane. You have... You have um, uh, Goudreau leaving the team. He leaves to go to Columbus. Um, not a lot of people saw the Columbus thing going, <laughs> coming out of, coming out, and and really isn't going so well for Johnny Goudreau right now. I bet he really wishes he signed with New Jersey. But regardless, the Flames lose two major pieces. They don't only just lose Johnny Goudreau. Shortly after that, Kachuk demands he wants out as well. He gets traded, but. Then the Flames, like, rejuvenate out of nowhere and then arguably look better on paper. They add in Huberdo. They add in Uyghur. And on top of that, people were flipping out. Oh, no, they're going to bring in Huberdo and Uyghur one-year deals. How are they going to re-sign these guys? Oh, it's going to be a disaster. They're going to lose them for nothing. And then, bam, they both sign eight-year extensions. There you go. I mean, yeah, it hasn't been a match made in heaven yet. Huberto is still kind of easing his way into the new, a whole new system. Same thing with Uyghur, so I, I, I can't really judge it just yet. I think it's still too early to judge. Uh, Kachuk looks like he's fitting in very well with Florida, but uh, both teams have been struggling, so I don't know. It doesn't look like the trades really worked out for any of the teams. Columbus, too. Like, uh, it wasn't a trade, but they signed him. Regardless, that was ridiculous. That was just such a huge turnaround, and on top of that, Calgary adds in Nazem Kadri right at the end to really just like really get everybody excited about the flames man like on paper they look like a problem to deal with that is not a team i would want to meet in the playoffs you got lucic kadri fucking it's just there's a lot of meat in that team man and their defense looks great but yeah they have been struggling mightily uh so far here in uh, 2022 23 season uh we still got a ways to go so they can get out of it but uh yeah it has not been good for them so far Story number six, you got the Ottawa Senators for sale. That is, uh, yeah, that was a pretty, that's a pretty big story. Ongoing story as well. So we're still going on with that. They haven't been sold yet. Obviously, the fact that Ryan Reynolds getting involved in that really added in a lot of fuel to the fire on that story. Uh, Word is, I mean, yeah, it's going well. Uh, Looks like Ottawa is going, they're going to, make more money than what they were asking for. It looks like the price has been driven up from all the interest. Lots of people are interested, so that's fantastic. So that's really good. Uh, I think the Ottawa fans are quite happy about it. I mean, uh, yeah, it's very sad that Melnick passed away, but not a lot of people were really into the way that the team was being run during that era, moving into a new era era, which which is great. It looks like they got a lot of great ideas coming in. So, yeah, things are looking good for, for the organization of Ottawa. Now the team on ice this year, yeah, not so good. Um, 
really didn't take that step forward that they were really looking for this year, which which sucks because I was rooting for that for that as well, just for the sake of the Battle of Ontario to be good again. But yeah, the Flames are, or, uh, sorry, the Sens are still for sale. It's it's a big storyline. When when it goes down, everyone's going to be interested where where and what Ryan Reynolds part is. Go, what part is he going to play in all of this? Are they going to change the team name to the Deadpool's? Like it's going to be really interesting, man. It's going to be really interesting to see what goes on with Ottawa Senators moving forward. Story number four, you got Shane Wright falling to number four in the draft. I mean, yeah, dude, that is episode one of this hockey podcast was me going through that draft. And uh, yeah, that really made that episode really easy to talk about because of that storyline, him falling all the way to four. I don't think anybody saw that coming. The, the fucking death stare at the Montreal Canadiens fucking table that was incredible and then obviously the ongoing Shane Wright thing with Seattle right now the the lack of ice time the benchings the up and down from the minors AHL and like yeah but then of course him scoring his first NHL goal against the Habs I mean you just see this is why the NHL can be very very cool at times you get these really fucking you can't write them up storylines and uh yeah it's it's really cool when shit like that happens but that was a wild draft, man. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know who, like, I thought it was so written in stone that Shane Wright was going to be a hab. It just made so much sense. And then it just doesn't happen. And then New Jersey not taking him makes a little bit of sense. They had a lot of centers, but then Arizona not taking him. I was like, my head just exploded and him falling all the way to four, man. Yeah, that was a really big storyline. And uh, yeah, I'll remember that quite well uh, because that was my first podcast topic. So that was wild. Uh, number three, obviously, you got the the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, yeah, dude, they haven't won it since 2001. Uh, they, they went through a lot of ups and downs since that time in 2001, obviously having one of the worst seasons in NHL history. I believe that was 2015. And then turning around, they get McCarr, they get Byram, McKinnon explodes, Landeskog, Rantanen. And yeah, but then it doesn't stop there. They started getting all these, they started hitting the wall all the time. The second round in the playoffs just couldn't get over that hump, couldn't get over that hump. No one was, no one could believe in this team. And then they finally get it done. They get over the hump. They complete the whole thing and they get the fucking Stanley Cup. Nathan McKinnon gets his cup. McCarr with one of the most ridiculous seasons, the the Norris, the Conn Smythe. Stanley Cup, and he's only like 22 years old. I mean, breaking records. Kale McCarr, oh my goodness. And, uh, yeah, obviously Stanley cup winner is always going to be a big story for the abs. It was a, it's a mighty big win for them. And, uh, they're looking to repeat now. They're not doing amazing this season. They're dealing with a unbelievable amount of injuries, but, uh, it's the Colorado avalanche, man. I mean, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. And once they're in there, who fucking knows what's going to happen for them. Uh, big other big story. Number two, you got obviously Ovechkin with the great chase. So. I talked about that at the beginning of this episode. He finally hits number two on the all-time list. And it's just been a chase the whole year. Um, excuse me. him uh, the, the continuous battles of, of him and, and fighting Father Time. And Ovechkin continuously beating Father Time. It makes no sense. He should not be producing the way that he is at his age. The team around him seems to be all in on the great chase, which is awesome. Uh, their team's really starting to come alive right now. Everyone's starting to come back, get healthy. So, 
yeah, the Capitals and especially Ovechkin have been a phenomenal story. It's going to be a, a, a story going on for the next couple of years because the chase ain't over yet. He's past number two, but he's still got 92 more goals to go to pass or to equal um, the, the great one, uh, Gretzky. I don't know why I just, I couldn't fucking speak for a second there. Okay. So Alexander Ovechkin, the great chase, unbelievable story. And then the number one storyline, which is an interesting storyline because it has to deal with damn near everything. And that is the flat cap of the NHL. So obviously COVID happened. That fucked over everybody pretty well, especially us Toronto Maple Leafs fans, because um, a lot of our salary cap was was put into place before COVID. A lot of that money was spent in 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 knowing that the salary cap was to increase. And um, yeah, then COVID happened, and that salary cap fucking nope, not going anywhere. It has stayed flat for years, and. Um, that's a major reason why we're not having any trades this season. Major reason why people aren't signed right now that should have have been signed. Yeah, dude, the salary cap has caused a ton of problems for the NHL teams right now. Uh, we are desperately in need of it to go up. They're claiming that it's only going to go up a million dollars. I mean, that's fucking nothing. It needs to go up so much more. All the money that came in, your fucking TV deals, the Sa- the Seattle deal. Like, come on, man. Like goddamn Gary Bettman the owners man I hate all those fucking people but regardless man that was uh that's a big storyline that's an ongoing storyline and it's literally a f- pretty much involved in damn near everything like we just can't do anything and and I think this season would have been far more interesting if if there was a little bit more money to go around for the for the owners to be stupid with like who wouldn't love to see fucking the Vancouver owners get another $7 million to play with and, and watch them bring in more of the worst contracts in the NHL onto their team. It's like, just bring them all in here to Vancouver. We'll make it, we'll make it, well, we won't make it work, but we'll bring them in and we'll just live over here with, with it. And that's how that goes. But there you go, everybody. That was um, 15 big stories throughout the 2022 season. Obviously, there are some more that I didn't touch on. The the Team Canada fiasco. I mean, uh, we've all touched on that. We've gone through that. It's um, it's very unfortunate. It looks like it's on the mend. You still have the ongoing investigation on the on the sexual and all that stuff, man. And I feel like those are going to be storylines for 2023. Once all that, it looks like it's all going to start coming out real, real soon. I don't know if we're going to get any names or anything like that. It kind of seems like people have a good idea who some of these people are. I ain't naming any names. I'm not going to do that. But regardless, when it comes out, it's going to be really, really bad. It's going to be really ugly. And uh, honestly, I just want to. I want it all done with and, and past us. And for the love of God, can we smarten the hell up as a, as, as, a, as a society? And can we not, like, put these people up on pedestals that should not be put up on pedestals? Like, they're just athletes, man. They're not gods. They're not out there saving lives. They're, they're, they're entertainers. You don't have to put them up on such high pedestals. Like, I, I just don't understand it sometimes, man. But... Like I, I, I lose sleep at night knowing that there's a fucking baseball player making $160 million a year. And then, and then there's nurses and doctors and teachers that can barely fucking feed themselves. And it doesn't add up, man. It really doesn't. I think society is an absolute fucking mess and all that stuff, but that's not really what this podcast is about. But 
yeah i just i just it makes me upset man like uh, i think there's a complete imbalance in the world out there and um yeah i don't know if there's ever going to be a solution to any of that but I don't know. We can start with a small step and maybe um, put some sort of respect back into the Team Canada's uh, organizational name because I have lost all respect, hope, and anything in that organization. I won't believe a single word that they say. It's going to take decades to to re to rebuild up what they did there. I mean, uh, all the stories that have come out, I mean, there's so much things from that organization that have been shoved under the rug all the way back to 2003 and who god knows how long before that like i don't even want to fucking think about it regardless uh, it's 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 at least it looks like some of the people are finally starting to have to pay for their sins which is good but yeah man it is what it is it was a fun year uh sadly Bad things happen every year, but there are some really good things. Let's look forward to some of the good things coming to us in 2023. I really hope that the Leafs can go on some sort of a run. Please, please, please. That would be good. Oh, man. That's the only thing I wish for. Just give me give me something to be happy about in the playoffs for once. It's been 20 goddamn years since I had any fun in the playoffs, so... Yeah, that's all I asked for in the new year. But regardless, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast over the lesson since I began this thing. I'm going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And then here's to another year. Happy New Year's and everything to everybody listening. If I don't, if you don't hear from me uh, before or after New Year's, Happy New Year's. Uh, be responsible out there. Be safe. Think twice before you act, okay? And uh, just think about others before you do things. And uh, just be a good person out there. Try and be productive. Try and learn a new thing every day. And just be fucking good to each other out there, okay, everybody? Thank you so much for listening. I am out of here and going to be watching the Toronto Maple Leafs hopefully destroy the Coyotes tonight. And next week, we'll talk about all that stuff. Hopefully, some more Flames talk, okay? Flames fans out there, I'm sorry that I left you kind of high and dry this week. I just... Sometimes, you know, I'm busy. I'm a busy guy. I got a lot going on. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes I forget that the flames exist. And um, yeah, anyway, we'll talk about the flames next week. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are all troopers. And again, be safe out there. Be good. And uh, happy new year, of course. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs.